0: Well, good morning. We are taking three weeks to notice an emphasis that we find in the Psalms on seeking God all day long. Last week we looked at Psalm 1 and we saw how the, the psalmist said that the person who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates day and night, that's the person who is so formed by the word that he or she has the type of life that all of us wants. That's the person who has a life that's stable, a life that's fruitful and a life that's satisfying. And so the emphasis there is, is meditating day and night, not just once in an in a isolated time, but really... spending the whole of your day meditating on Scripture. And that's a theme that that you can track throughout the Psalms. Psalm 55, for example, talks about crying out to the Lord evening, morning, and noon. And the Jews started their day at sundown, right? And so uh, there was evening and morning, day one, evening and morning, a second day when you read the creation account. And so the psalmist would, would seek God uh, throughout the day. God is so satisfying that he can and, be, and should be experienced all day long. So next week, we're going to look at an evening psalm. We'll look at Psalm 63. Today, we're going to look at a morning psalm, which is Psalm 5. And so if you're able, I'd like for you to stand while I read from Psalm 5. Uh, this is God's word for us today. Uh, David is anticipating Seeking God in the morning. He says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, no evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. But as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. There is nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Hold them guilty, O God. By their own devices, let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. And may you shelter them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. You can have a seat. And so today we're going to look at the first three verses of this psalm. The content of the psalm involves uh, uh, David asking for protection against his enemies. But these first three verses... Uh, express a pattern about meeting with God in the morning. David anticipated this time with God, and he tells God ahead of time, in the morning, I'm going to show up. In the morning, you're going to hear my voice. And it's really obvious when you read this that David didn't pray because he thought he was supposed to, right? He prayed because he was desperate. David basically spent his 20s in the wilderness because King Saul was trying to kill him. And so he prayed because he wanted the God of heaven to intervene and act in power and rescue him. And that's the best reason for praying, so that we will receive what we need from God when it comes to petitions anyway. And so as we look at Psalm 5 today, I want us to capture the spirit of David anticipating this prayer time in the morning, and we'll see that this habit fits the overall pattern of experiencing God day and night. Before we look at this psalm, I just want to acknowledge that I understand that not everybody is a morning person, right? Some of you are saying, "I don't care what you say today; I'm never going to awaken the dawn," or "My kids get up before I do, and I'm busy when I when my eyes get open." I that's that's just not. So I understand that's the case. I talked to a, a guy who was in his twenties, freshly out of college, one time. He said he had he had lived his life. With guilt because somebody had told him that if you don't get up early and seek God in the morning, you can't walk with God that day. And so he tried. He honestly tried, but he just couldn't pull it off. And I think this is a college thing, but for him, uh, nighttime when everybody else was in bed, that was his peak time spiritually. That's when he sought after God and he found joy in that. And so that may be you. I think the point though is, You shouldn't ignore God all day long and then just check in with him before bedtime. However you do it, there needs to be a a habit of seeking God all day long. And most of what David says in this psalm about morning prayer prayer really applies during any time of day. And if it helps you, you can remember that it's always 5 o'clock somewhere, right? It's (laughs) 5 a.m. somewhere. You may get up at noon, but... Yeah, it's morning in Alaska or whatever. So we do see this pattern in Scripture, seeking God in the morning. That's a case study in Psalm 5, 1 through 3. And so David begins with this appeal, God, hear my prayer. And it's not that God was, you know, might not be paying attention or that God really wasn't interested in what David was going through. But it's more the case that this was his heartfelt expression of longing to be heard. So he says, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. So he says, give ear to my words. He wants God, the God of heaven to kind of bend over, put his cup, his hand over his ear and listen to what David was praying. And so he actually believed that the God of the universe who had all power and all authority would hear his, hear his voice, his prayer and answer in power. That's why we pray. Not just to say we have, but because we need God to act. And he says, Consider my groaning. Some translations, such as the King James, translate it Consider my meditation. And the term means to mutter to yourself or to kind of talk to yourself under, under your voice. And when you do this, and if you've ever done this, you're just talking to yourself and you're muttering. It's, it's coming from a deep place. And that's kind of the point. David is praying this, this heartfelt prayer to God. And verse two makes clear that David was crying out for help. He actually wanted something. He says, heed the sound of my cry for help, my king and my God, for to you I pray. And so David called him my king and my God, and it's significant what we call God. These aren't just words. He actually believed God was his king, that God had all authority. He had say over everything in his world. But he also calls him my God. He believed that that Yahweh was personally interested in him. And so uh, David's understanding of God informed his praying. He knew that he could cry out to God for help. And in the same way, our understanding of God, what we really believe about God will shape what we pray or what we don't pray. In other words, if you don't really believe that God has all power and that God specifically, individually cares about his children, then you won't pray the way David did. You just won't. There, there won't be this conviction. This, there won't be this fervency to pray the way he did. And remembering that in the new covenant, God promises, I will be their God and they will be my people. So if David prayed, my king and my God, how much more can we pray to our heavenly father? God, you're my king you're my God. I need you to come through here. Paul Miller made an insightful comment in his book, A Praying Life. He said, oddly enough, many people struggle to learn how to pray because they are focusing on praying, not God. They're focusing on praying, not God. And that would be like if you're sitting around Thanksgiving dinner and you're focusing on having a conversation versus the people that are actually sitting at the table. And so in prayer, we focus on God, not necessarily on praying. He says, it's like trying to drive while looking at the windshield instead of looking through it. And so when we pray, we don't focus so much on prayer. We focus on the God to whom we're praying. Like David, we remember his character and his covenant commitment to us. And that fuels our praying because a God like that, that's a God who will hear and answer in power. Verse 3 is representative of numerous psalms that anticipate praying to God in the morning. He says, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice some translations don't translate it a future but more of a present in the morning O lord you hear my voice this is my settled pattern in the morning my voice comes to your ears in the morning i will order my prayers to you and eagerly watch and so david didn't have this wait and see attitude toward prayer you know, I may pray in the morning if I get enough sleep, if I get up in a time. No, he had this, this intentionality. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my prayer. In the morning, I order my prayers to you and eagerly watch. And we find the same commitment in other scriptures. Psalm 88, for example. But I, O Lord, have cried out to you for help. And in the morning, my prayer comes before you. That was his settled habit. Or Psalm 59, but as for me, I shall sing of your strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of your loving kindness in the morning, for you have been my stronghold and a refuge in the day of my distress. And so there's this great precedent. There's this pattern of seeking God in the morning through prayer, through singing, and through the word. And so consider again Psalm 5.3. He says, in the morning... I will order my prayer to you. And that term to order means to arrange or to set something in order. It was used of an army. A commander wouldn't just go to battle with in any formation. No, he would order the troops. And then they would go to battle. Uh, it's used of sacrifices in the temple. They would order the sacrifices when they went. And so there's the connotation of, of planning and intentionality and even structure. And so David says that about his prayers. I will order my prayers to you. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with spontaneous prayer, just praying what comes to your mind or praying for immediate needs. But there, there's a, the idea here of intentionality and laying out his prayers before God. And I find that I actually need that intentionality. I find that without that intentionality, uh, a lot of times, uh, without really a plan for prayer, I may not pray or I may not pray with fervency and focus. And as I thought about my own habits, I almost always have that intentionality when it comes to the Word. And I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if it's my gifting or or I don't know what it is, but, but I almost always have a plan for the word. And it usually involves a bookmark, okay? It's really not any more complicated than that. I have a bookmark right here. That's where I'm going to start reading in the morning. And so sometimes I'll, I'll read through the Scriptures or I'll read through the Gospels. Other times I'll read from several places in Scripture. And so I'll have a bookmark and I'll read, uh, or several bookmarks. I'll read in the, the Pentateuch. I'll read in the historical books. I'll read in the wisdom literature and the prophets. In the New Testament, I'll read in the Gospels and Paul's, Paul's writings. And so when I have that plan, or if I'm reading with a focus, I'm going to read the Gospels and I'm going to notice every command that Jesus gives. I find that there's anticipation and that intentionality really helps me. I get up in the morning and I know what I'm going to do. I don't have a bunch of decisions to make and I find it good. But for some reason, I, I don't always take that same approach to prayer. And as a result, I'm not as consistent and as focused as I could be. And so I found that trying to follow or the, the following David's pattern here is really helpful. And uh, ordering your prayers can mean a lot of things, but for me, it means deciding that I will pray and deciding what I will pray. OK? And so uh, that means saying to God, before I go to bed tonight, "Lord, in the morning, by your grace, you will hear my voice. I will order my prayers to you." And this is what I need to talk about. And usually I don't have to think very long. I mean, there's something that's at the front of my mind, some issue that I know I need to pray about. And oftentimes it's a thing I've been worrying about. I've thought about it endlessly. I've mulled it over in my mind. How about bringing that to God? How about that being the topic of my conversation, bringing the word to bear on on that issue in my life? And so I'm finding David's example of intentionality, anticipation for morning prayer. Very helpful. And notice what else David committed to doing. In the in the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. That, the noun form of that verb, eagerly watch, is used of a watchman. In other words, a guard up in a tower. This is a person who is on the lookout. He's intently looking for what's happening on the ground, uh, noticing what what is happening. Uh, who's approaching. And so David had a commitment to such attentiveness after he prayed to God. And so he didn't order up these prayers to God and then forget about it. No, he prayed and then he listened. He listened while he was praying. And no doubt, as he went through his day, he also noticed, okay, God, how are you answering this prayer? And remember, this wasn't just just abstract concepts. He had people who wanted to kill him, and so he prayed for protection. And so he looked for God's protection throughout his day. This is an expectation in Psalm 119, 147. This is what the psalmist said. He said, "'I will rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words.'" And so that's an example of someone who prayed to God in the morning and then waited for a response. And, of course, we, we eagerly watched throughout the day. Uh, it just wouldn't be right if we really, really wanted God to do something and then we didn't even notice. Or we weren't expectant, as if we really didn't, didn't expect him to come through. So listen to Micah 7.7. 7. The prophet writes this. He said, but as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. And so our expectancy that God will act on our behalf should accompany us through the day. And so that's a pattern we see in Scripture. We see it in Psalm 5 here. And I'd encourage you to take some time to, to uh, rehearse and think about the rest of the Psalm because uh, this just wasn't an, an abstract, uh, intangible thing. This, David had a very real need for coming to God in the morning. Now I want us to spend some time thinking about how we might practice David's habit in our lives And the standard disclaimer applies, uh, these are not rules I'm laying down, Uh, these are options, these are possibilities, these are opportunities based on a pattern we find in Scripture. And so I want to begin by talking about a prerequisite. We've already mentioned it, but the prerequisite for all this is a conviction about God and a conviction about prayer. And so if you really aren't convinced that God is powerful and you really aren't convinced that God cares specifically individually about you, you really won't pray the way we see in Psalm 5. So listen to Lamentations. This is, this is a passage. Jeremiah had a rough life, okay? He was given a rough assignment from God. So I want you to go preach to these people. They're not going to respond, but preach to these people and just be faithful anyway. And they just mistreated him. They persecuted him. They abused him, all these things. But this was, David, this was Jeremiah's mindset. It's in Lamentations 3. He says, Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness, Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And that's the basis of the song we sing, right? Great is thy faithfulness. And so even though Jeremiah had this tough, tough life, he believed that every morning was a new opportunity to experience the loving kindnesses, plural, of God and the compassions of God. And so every day was not same old, same old. It's just gonna wash, rinse, repeat. And you and I need to be armed with this same conviction, and if it was true from Jeremiah, for Jeremiah, if it was true for David, how much more so is it true for us? God proved at the cross that his compassion, that his commitment to us is beyond anything we can fathom. And so we should get up with this anticipation every day. God, your, your compassion is new every morning. Your loving kindnesses are new every morning. And so I would just say, if you have no anticipation for prayer, it may be because you really aren't convinced about who God is. It may be that you have a faulty understanding of God and his personal, visceral compassion for you. And so this is where, this is like reason number 147, why we should meditate day and night. We let God's word convince us and wash over us and make us absolutely convinced that God is compassionate. He's king. He's not only my king, he's my God when you're convinced of his love for you, you will naturally want to pray. You will naturally want to love him back and love other people. We love because he first loved us. I think Richard Foster was right. He said that real prayer comes not from gritting our teeth, but from falling in love. And so real prayer isn't gritting our teeth and say, okay, I'm going to choke out some prayers because I'm supposed to pray. Now, real prayer comes from falling in love with God. How can we not pour out our petitions to the God that's described in the Scriptures? And so, that's the prerequisite. Now, what do we do? Well, I would encourage you, decide that you will pray in the morning, and then decide what you will pray in the morning. Honestly, I don't see any reason why we can't do this, okay? Why we can't decide, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. I look around here and I see very accomplished people, okay? I see people who can pursue and achieve things. I see people who can decide, I'm going to pursue this degree and earn it, and I'm going to go get a job. I see people who say, I'm going to serve Here at Faith, I'm gonna serve in the community. I'm gonna accomplish, that. I see people who can do things. I don't see any reason why you and I can't decide, God, by your grace, you will hear my voice in the morning. Sometimes, honestly, I think we forget that we have a will, a decider. We can actually decide. We We don't exercise our will independent of the Holy Spirit, but we have this responsibility to decide how we're going to spend our time. And so I would just encourage you, you know, if God's stirring this up in you, if you agree, this is good, this is right, come before God and decide, Lord, in the morning, you will hear my voice. Figure out what works for you in terms of when and where. And so for me, I've got a Jesus chair, it's at my table, I sit in the same chair, For thousands and thousands of days, I sat in the same chair. I know where I'm going to go, and generally, I know what I'm going to pray about, okay? So, decide that you will pray, and then decide what you will pray about. And so, don't pray about what you are supposed to pray about. Pray about what's really on your heart, okay? What's that one thing, if God could do anything for you, anything, that would would fill you full of joy or that would make you fruitful or the one thing that that you would consider to be just a, a core need of yours? Pray about that, okay? Or what is it that keeps you awake at night? When you wake up at night and your mind goes somewhere and you stew over it, what is it Pray about that. It could be a relationship, it could be a situation uh, in in your life, a situation in the church, a situation in our country, a situation in the world. But decide what you're going to pray about uh, ahead of time. Oh Lord, you're going to hear my voice, and this is what I need to pray about. This is what I need to talk to you about in the morning. So decide that you'll pray and what you'll pray. And then here is what I'd recommend. You ready for this? Pray. Actually, pray. Show up. Bring these petitions before God, armed with this anticipation that the God of the universe, the God who sent his one and only son to die for you, that God wants to hear what you have to say. That when you pray in faith, You pray in Jesus' name. You pray according to his will, that he leans in, he cups his hand over his ear, so he really gets it, and he hears your prayer. And then after you pray, pay attention, eagerly watch, sit there, linger in the presence of God, but also as you go through your day, okay, God, you're my God, I'm in covenant relationship with you you promise promised to come through. How are you going to answer? So you keep your eyes open. And maybe God says, you need to modify your praying. And Again, you're meditating day and night. And so our prayers can change. But we pay attention and we see what God will do in our lives and in our world. Okay? Let's pray. God, we so need to have this anticipation. We so need to be people who pour out their petitions to you, knowing that you're our God and our King. God, we confess that, that so many times uh, we do everything but pray. Prayer seems like an absolute last resort. But we pray, God, that prayer would be a, a reflex response, that we would pray because we can, and because you're God, because you love us, and because you, you invite us to pray in Jesus' name. And so, God, the things you've laid on our hearts here today, the things we really, really want, we ask that you would give us the will to come before you in the morning, whenever we can, and bring these, order these prayers before you. And God, teach us to be watchful. We pray that this week especially, we would notice what you've done in our midst, and we would be thankful. God, may we not be um, just oblivious to what you're doing and all the ways you you grace us with mercy. You shower us with all sorts of benefits. And so, God, we ask that we would be attentive and it would return to you in praise. And so, God, teach us to pray. May we experience you all day long. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.